I was inspired this week by a story that I heard. A story that just took place last Shabbos. And because of that story, I will share with you the chizuk I had. And it will give us chizuk to move forward during these times. An amazing story. An absolutely incredible story. There is a Makarev, someone who does Kirov named Rabbi Shloyma Landau. And he has incredible stories on Torah anytime. And he has many, many students that have gone through his campus that he does Kirov on. And a number of students of his went to a kibbutz. If I have the name correctly, it's called Yad Ben Yamin. If I have the name. And there were a couple of there were many soldiers that were in that kibbutz for Shabbos that got the weekend off. There were soldiers that got the weekend off to um, you know, come home to their families. And a soldier stood up and shared the following story. Now, this is from the soldier's mouth. He said he's part of an elite um, battalion. He's part of an elite uh, group. And he's the religious, he's a Hezder, yeshiva student. So he's the, he's the religious guy in the group. And the commander of the group, they were in Gaza. And the commander comes over to him. And he says, I have to talk to you privately, emergency. Calls him aside. He says, this is going to sound funny. This is a secular commander. So we have a crisis. We have a couple of tanks that got stuck in an area by Gaza. They're just not starting. They cannot get these tanks to move. He says, not one, five tanks are stuck one stuck behind the other. I don't, I don't, I don't remember the, I don't hear the exact details, but they are literally full of stuff and they're going to have to abandon them and leave them for the Hamas people if they don't get them out ASAP. So he says, okay, what do you want from me? He says, we've tried everything. Do me a favor. You're, 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 you're a rabbinical student. You got to leave. Don't fight. Go to a corner and pray to God because that's the only way this is going to happen. He's looking at this guy. He can't believe his eyes. He can't believe this commander of his who has nothing to do with religion, but he's a Yid. And his, the Shama is still flickering. And he asks him to go. He says, you sure you don't need me to fight? He goes, forget about the fighting. Open up the Tehillim, your Siddur. Go pray, please. We're in a big, we're in a very dangerous situation. We can't get those tanks out. Anyway, he disappears. He says he couldn't even concentrate. He was so nervous about his peers that were fighting. And he says he focused for 15 minutes. He dominates from the bottom of his heart, for the sake of the soldiers, and for the sake of the, in the sechut that the secular commander recognized Hashem, that you're in charge, could you please make this miracle for us? He leaves. This is what the soldiers shared in front of the entire kibbutz. He leaves, comes back, and this commander comes over to him and gives him the biggest hug. He says, you can't imagine one went on, then the other one. They're working, they're on the way back to Israel. He turns to him and he says, I have a new job for you. We're going to go out to fight. You stay in the tank and you're going to be our official davener. This is what this, 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 is what this soldier shared to college students who were in Israel, who went to help for, just as an assistant, imagine a soldier sharing this story with college kids that are... Still, some of them are still secular, some are just starting. What an inspiration to hear from a soldier.
It was a chizik for me in Tfilo. So much so, I don't know what everybody sees, but this week the uh, chief of staff of the Israeli, Yoav Galant, he's the uh, the general, he put on film, he had a video, he put on film and he said, Shema, this is like, this is like mamash out of, this is something that during a war time, he's busy, no, he took out the time to put on film and make sure it was video to spread the message. We're coming, people are coming to the recognition. Baruch Hashem, so what I want to share with you tonight is the lesson of why Tzorah happened and why we daven, we have wrong. We have the concept that there are Tzorahs, so we have to daven. I'd like to show you from this week's parasha that that's not the case. And this is no one else from the Holy Rabbeinu Bechai, one of the Rishonim, who shares with us the following gem. Everyone knows this posse. Why? Because his wife, Rivka, was barren. Ask Shabbainu Bechai. The order is the opposite. It should say Rivka was an Akara. And then what? And then he davened. No? If you were telling the story in English, how would you say it? You would say, since Rivka was an Akara. We had Yitzchak Davin, no? That's not what the Pasuk says. He says, Yitzchak Davin. Why? Kyakarahi. Says Rabbeinu Bachai, the Torah is coming to teach us this lesson. We think there's a tsara. Uh-oh, now we have to Davin. No, says Rabbeinu Bachai. The Davining is the goal. The tsara is the means. When Akash Baruch Hu was sitting and waiting so patiently for so long that his children will sit and hold Tehillims. And when I say his children, I mean his from children and his secular children who didn't even know how to read a Pasuk. And Akash Baruch Hu says, I, I need to hear their voices. I need them to daven. I want after every minion and every shul in America, there should be Tehillim being said, which is what's going on. That's what Akash Baruch Hu says. Don't say, oh, since it's a tragedy, this davening. No, says Rabbeinu Hashem. First, we daven. That's the most important. And then what? And then the tzara is the what? It's secondary. This is so, so important. That now you're thinking, okay, let me daven because something going on. Please don't miss the boat. The davening is the goal. The davening is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. The tzara, unfortunately, was how HaKadosh Baruch Hu gets people to pay attention. You know, when things are going well, people don't, don't pay attention. When things go hard, people pay attention. Years ago, I shared the famous story about a guy who was stuck up on the 80th or 90th floor of the Empire State Building. He was trying to get people's attention. So he, he had a wedding and he was locked. He got locked on the... Uh, on the deck that he could, you know, where you were able to see the whole city. He tried to give people attention. So he had a wallet. He took out a $100 bill and he dropped it down. He was hoping the guy would see a $100 bill, would look up and say what? Ah. Oh. Well, guess what happens? He watches the $100 bill go down. And the person picks it up, puts it in his pocket, doesn't look up. Throws out another $100 bill, another $100 bill. He finishes his money. Nothing happens. Nobody looks up comes up, I have no choice. He takes a stone and he throws it down and guess what happens? Immediately the guy is, whew, what happened? And one of my babes shared, he goes, when the dollars come down, no one, no one looks up where it's from. 
When the stones come down, all of a sudden everybody looks up. Look what happened today. Everyone's looking up and everyone's davening and people are taking on citizens' film. We have to remember, we're not here to explain why Hashem does what He does, the specifics of it. But we are here to say why Tsar has come. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar tells us the reason, Chazal tells us the reason why the Avais and Imois were Akaris. Why would the people who have to produce Klai Yisrael, the Avais and Imois, why were all of them barren? asks the Gemara. And the Gemara says, Rashi brings this, Akashbaru, he desires Tfilosan Shal Tzadikim. Which means when a tzara comes out, Hashem wants our tefillah. So the next time you're davening, don't say, oh my gosh, I have to still daven because there's still soldiers being, there's still civilians being held captive, there's still soldiers risking their life. It's a little bit more. It's, no, it, it, it's that's the point. Try to remember that what Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar teaches us from this week's parasha. But yet, Hashem. And remember, Kyakarihi. The main point is the davening and the akari, he was just the impetus that made it happen. I'll finish with a story. And I, a story is a very moving story, Stamazai. But I feel like you have to understand that the power of tears, it brings it out. There was a young mother, unfortunately, that passed away. She left over four children from the age 17 to 12. A girl was 17, and the boy was a 12-year-old boy. And then two girls, I think, in the middle. The 17-year-old girl was the absolutely most incredible young woman in the world. She did everything for her siblings. One day, the boy overheard, the 12-year-old boy overheard his 17-year-old sister, davening to Hashem. Hashem, I really want a gold ring. So many of my friends have rings. I want a nice ring. This is what she was davening. This little brother who was smart enough and old enough to understand how amazing of a job his sister was doing considering the situation. This brother decides he's going to stop putting away money for his sister's ring. Naive as he was, he put away a couple of agurot. Agurot are not even pennies. You think a penny is small. And agura is less than a penny, much less than a penny. And he goes ahead and he starts putting it away. And after a few weeks, he's all excited. He lives in Bnei Brak, Walks into the jewelry store. And he tells the guy behind the counter, I need a gold ring. Guy says, okay, 12-year-old boy, a little strange, but okay. And he goes ahead and he says, you have money? He goes, yes, of course I have money. Takes out a bag, 20 shekel, 15 shekel, enough not even to buy the box that the ring goes into. And he's a little bit, uh, the owner looks at this guy, he says, hey, kiddo. Uh, you know, uh, you're making a joke over here? So, but he realizes from the kid's face, this is a serious kid. This is not a joke. He says, can I ask you what's the story? He says, let me be honest with you. My mother passed away about a year ago. And we're alone. My father's trying his best to make a living. I have this most amazing 17-year-old sister who took over the family. She took over the mother. And she's always, and I heard her davening for a ring. And she so deserves it. She is so amazing. I want to buy a ring. This yid behind the counter, the owner of the jewelry store, begins to cry the hot tears. And he's listening to how special this girl is. He says, yes, it's enough money. Takes the 15 shekel, packs up a nice, beautiful ring, puts it into a gift box, tells the little boy, I want you to give it to the sister. The boy comes home beaming, beaming. 
His face is shiny. He goes over to his sister and he says, I know what you're diving for. She says, what? A ring. And he gives her the ring. The sister opens it up and she starts crying. She's so emotional. She says, how did you pay for this? She goes, my piggy bank. And the sister burst out laughing. She says, your piggy bank? <laughs> There's a few shekel. He was like, kept on showing her. He says, we have to go back. I think this is a mistake. And she goes and takes the brother back to the jewelry store. And she tells the guy, I apologize. It must be a mistake. My sister, and listen to the words the owner tells this girl. She says, some rings I sell for money. But then there's some rings I sell for tears. This ring was sold with your, with your little brother's beautiful tears. And with my tears. Enjoy it. And thank you for the amazing work you're doing for your family. Some things are built with money, with power. And some things are accomplished with tears. Baruch Hashem. In Eretz Yisrael, we're hoping things are, seem to be moving forward. Remember, everyone sending money and support. It's all wonderful. And I'm not undermining. We have to be grateful to America and all the other countries that are trying to support Eretz Yisrael. That's fine. This Yeshua that's going on, that Baruch Hashem, they keep on taking over, and Met Hashem, they're going to find our captives, B'siyat HaDashmaya. It's being done with tears. Remember, just like some rings are bought with tears, some rings are paid for with money, some wars are accomplished with money and armory, and some are with tears. And of course, the soldiers are being mice and effish every single day and day out. Please, we're not undermining what they're doing. But it's the tears. Imagine the commander tells a soldier, instead of fighting, stay in the tank. That was the story we started with. And Davin, that's what I need you to do. Can you imagine that? If I would have told you this, Six months ago, that the secular people are begging the front people to daven. But the chief of staff during the war is going to stop and put on film. And it was like a, one of those Chabad mitzvah tanks. He stopped and he put on film. It was publicized. Everybody saw it. What's the message? They're recognizing that Tfilin and Tzitzis and Tfilin are working. This is the days of Mashiach. When everything else becomes silly and meaningless and worthless. And we come to the recognition that there's HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's Torah and Mitzvahs. So every tefillah, everything you're learning, and every act of chesed will get us through. As the Gemara says, Mayasa Adam, what should a person do? Be to make sure he stays safe from this difficult time called Chevle Mashiach, the birth pangs of Mashiach. It says, Learn Torah and do chesed. And the Mepharshim say, you know what chesed means? You know what chesed means? Davening for someone is the greatest chesed. Which Baruch will help in this chus that we continue to daven. Remember the story. Remember the Rabbeinu Bechai from this week's parasha. Well, remember what Hashem wants is the tefillah. Let's daven and let's be zeicha to go to Yushalayim Yerakaitish. Have an absolutely wonderful and beautiful Shabbos.